Hey guys, I hope you're having a good week so far. Today, I am so excited to bring you my first interview with a dad. His name is Nate Feathers. You might find him familiar. Um, he has the Instagram channel at Dads Don't Babysit. And go check him out right now. Pause the episode if you haven't seen his Instagram, but I'm pretty sure you have because. He is very popular and has some great, great videos with awesome advice for dads and moms and just parenting. And our conversation today is so good. I can't wait to bring it to you. So without any further disruption to this episode, here is the conversation that Nate Feathers and I had. Hello, hello. Hi, Nate. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What was your midwife appointment? This is so exciting. Oh, it was great. Uh, so my wife, like, okay, so we we lost a we lost a little before Luna was born. So she's a rainbow okay. baby, Aww. and and then we lost another one after her. Um, and so Meg has been really nervous this pregnancy just because she's like, oh my right. gosh, you know. So um, yeah, we went, and the number one thing was we just wanted to hear the heartbeat again. We heard it at uh, our appointment four weeks ago, but she's like, I just need to get a Doppler so I can hear it when I feel weird. Yes, I did that with my kids. My sister had gotten me one because I was so anxious with my first baby. Mm -hmm. And then she got me a Doppler. And with all my kids, I just, (laughs) whenever I wouldn't feel them moving that day, I'd put... I'd put it on my stomach and be like, no, you're fine. Yeah. And they asked, they're like, have you felt any flutters or anything? And I mean, it's, it's still too early to even really feel that. Uh, Some people get lucky and and have that, but Meg has not on this one. And I mean, she popped, she, it's funny because it's number four for her number six total, but number four for her. And Mm -hmm. I mean, she popped at like seven weeks. I was like, girl, you are pregnant. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, The more you have the, definitely the bigger your belly gets earlier oh yeah yeah I know with our third I was like at at same thing at like seven weeks I looked like I was like five months pregnant yeah yeah Yeah. I feel so so bad for that so uncomfortable because you actually feel better five months pregnant than you do at seven weeks pregnant exactly exactly well what was funny is so we we didn't meet with okay so we met with our midwife like team so we mm-hmm. met some of the other midwives yesterday. Um, okay. And so uh, we met with one and then the other one has just started. I think she started like a month ago or something. And mm-hmm. she is, I want to say she's like five, month pre- five months pregnant. Okay. And she was wearing something flowy. But like we both were like, nah, come on. She's like, well, that's my first. We're like, there it is. That's yeah. why. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't with your first, you don't show until you're like ready to ready to pop <laughs> exactly yeah exactly Aww, that's so exciting and you guys do home, <laughs> a home birth right or yeah okay yeah. yeah so um finley is so i was married previously and okay. had two kids both in the hospital one actually was born in costa rica um oh, cool. and then the other one was born she had tons of complications so she was born in the hospital um in 2006 and then when finley was born he is meg's first And she was that whole, like, I mean, there's so much, I mean, even, even like movies and TV make it look like it is the worst thing ever. And I know I'm a dude, but but they make like, they're screaming and freaking out and everyone's like, 
you know, most of the time, I feel like it's like Ross and Rachel. Like he's running around like he doesn't know what to do. She headbutts mm-hmm. him in the face and then he's out of the picture. Yeah. Um, like I feel like they make it look so awful. Like what woman would want to do that, you know? And so, yeah. So Meg it's with scary. Finley. Yeah, exactly. So Meg with Finley was like, I, I can't. I, I'm sitting there. We're, we had a doula. She was our first doula. She was a friend mm-hmm. of ours. And I was like, I think we should do this at home. There was uh, some people in the class with us in the like, I won't say Lamas, but like the birthing setup class. Uh-huh. And they were doing a home birth. And I said, I think they got it right. I think we should do that. And she just, she was really nervous. And obviously I'm going to do in that situation, I'm going to back her up. So if we, you know, if she's like, I need a hospital, let's do it. I'll, I'll do that. No big deal. But I, I was trying to lean her that way. Um, and we were, I don't know, she was probably five to six centimeters dilated. And we called and they're like, yeah, go ahead and go to the hospital. And it was a 33 hour labor. They ended up breaking her water, like doing different interventions that we really oh. didn't want to do. Yeah. Um, she went into back labor. So then she ended up having to have a, uh, we ended up, she's like, we got to do this. Like something's got to happen. So they ended up doing an epidural for her. And, um, and then finally she, I mean, she pushed so hard. Like oh. she blew the capillaries in her eyes and around oh. her face. It was oh. awful. Right. Um, 33 hours of labor with Finley and, um, and she just was like, you know what happened? She's like, we got in the car and we drove there mm-hmm. and she's like, I stopped my labor because you know, like, like yeah. this is not the comparison, but like mammals in the wild can stop their labor if something is not safe and yeah. go somewhere else till they feel safe and then give birth. And she's like, that's exactly what we did. She's like, I stopped my labor and I never, she never went past five to six centimeters. Um, until interventions were brought in just stuff like that yeah what's crazy is instead of being like oh my gosh we need the hospital she was like i'm not doing that again we're gonna do this at home and i was all for it so when we had when we had wyatt a year and six days later (laughs) oh gosh yeah 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 when we had wyatt it was a home birth her water broke and i think she went back to sleep and then uh i think she like it was like two hours and why it was here it was night and day oh, night and day that's awesome yeah that's so, awesome yeah we're that's big <laughs> big home birth advocates for sure yeah i have a lot of friends that are doing home births and a couple that are doing free births and mm-hmm. without a midwife at all and <sighs> and any intervention which is like awesome but i had a terrible experience with my oh. first I had emergency C-section. Yeah. And so with my other two, I really wanted to have them in the hospital because I was just so nervous if something was going to happen. Yeah, totally. But they always intervene because I have my water breaks and then I don't go into labor for at least 24 hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So at least with like the other two, with my girls, I knew that that was the thing and I didn't go to the hospital right away. But then when I get to the hospital, they're like, well, we need to get you on Pitocin and do all this. Mm-hmm. But finally I learned with my third, I wanted to do a home birth and I was scared. And I think that the opposite happened to me. Like when I got to the hospital, my labor started mm-hmm. at home. Like I was in labor and my kids were here and we were all like together and I was mm-hmm. fine. And mm-hmm. then my kids left and my labor stopped. Mm. Yeah. And then I went to yeah. the hospital and my labor picked back up. Yeah. Wow. It's it, I, wow, that's amazing. It's like that's your safe place though, because you felt safe there because of all the things that had happened prior to. Exactly. And my husband was like back and forth about the home birth and he really didn't 
try to help me want like sway me one way or the other because he was like not he just wanted it to be my decision because it you know it ultimately is my decision with the like yeah you got to do the work yeah i gotta (laughs) do all that work so he was like i support you wherever you want to have the baby (laughs) um he was kind of like like you said like all for the home birth because like we were going to be in our own space we didn't Mm -hmm. have to deal with the hospital and then after we had our third baby i was like i could do a home birth like but man i was glad that i didn't get there any earlier than i did because they really tried to push and mm. the girl on me and like mm-hmm. all this stuff that I was very much against. But yeah, wow. I do home births. I definitely think that's where the I'm like, what is, what's he going to talk about today? Cause they're just like, <laughs> you have so many good nuggets to share with people. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's important for dads to have a resource like you. And I know that we talked before about like, men having good resources and stuff so i just think that it's it's just so important there's not enough good men talk like speaking up and yeah no this is for dads i agree um it's it's one of those things where i will say this it's been fun to do this because the reach has gotten larger the reach Mm -hmm. has gotten larger and so as a result i've been able to connect with more people i've been able to connect with more people that like guys that are actually doing that so, oh, that's good. So that's what's been really cool because there's, I mean, tons of guys out there that I connect to that they're, you know, they're into. A lot of guys will push the fitness side of things, and I'm like, you mm-hmm. can be, you can be fit, and that's where my journey started. But okay. these, but these guys that are like, as they do that, they start to get more disciplined in their whole life, and then mm-hmm. they come back around going, I can be a better father this way. It's really cool. Yeah, and I think from a woman's perspective, we don't realize how hard it is to be a dad because there's just so much on our plates yeah. that um, we, I never think like, Oh, my, I, I honestly think I've, so I've been married for seven years, been mm-hmm. with my husband for 15 and it honestly took me up until this year to realize that he goes through everything that I go through Yeah, and not like in a, way that like I was just oblivious to before but because I just feel like as moms so many people are telling us that all this stuff is on our shoulders and we're the ones experiencing it when you have babies you're the one carrying the baby but Mm -hmm. the dads kind of go through all of that with you but without any of the attention yeah I, I actually I forget where I saw it but somebody talked about trauma the father having trauma during birth because there are points at which like I mean in, in any given moment, like it can be scary that like, you know, touch and go. Somebody was talking about it where they, they basically said that they almost died in labor and, yeah. and nobody even, nobody talked to the dad about the, or the husband about the fact that he literally watched his wife almost die, and, you know, and then could I lose the baby? Like all of those things start coming back through where we just experience birth in a totally different way that, that people are like, well, you, you know, you're the guy. You're just supposed to stand there and hold her hand and, you know, let her squeeze it and, and cheer her on. And there's there's a lot that can happen in that day that um, that can push your heart to the limits, I think, as a guy that nobody really even brings up. Yeah, just to watch somebody go through that is emotional. And then for it to be your wife, like the person that you're spending your life with, mm-hmm. and then also – knowing your baby is on the other side of all of that. It's yeah. just, I can't, 
I've never watched a birth. I've only birthed people. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> what it's like to like be there in the room when that happens. But I can only imagine how hard it would be to watch that. And then other things like, you know, afterward too, just like raising babies. It's emotional and mm-hmm. very, very taxing on a parent, on a mom, on a dad and in different ways. But I think it'd be really hard to see your partner struggle mentally after that too. Yeah. My wife has, she has a a knack for telling me I can't do anything about it either. And that's not a bad thing. It's just like, she's like, it's just something I'm working through. That is honestly, that is the hardest thing for guys. I think to hear is like, cause we're a lot of guys, not all, but a lot of guys are fixers. So when Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in that situation, like watching my wife struggle, giving birth, and going through all that pain, I can't take it away. I can't do anything to fix. All I can do is like be there. And honestly, that's that's hard for guys. I think. Um, yeah. Because and then you know going through the emotional postpartum stuff that is a that's a difficult time because there's my dad used to put it like this. He said you bring home two strangers, and he was talking about coming home from the hospital. You know, so from my experience, it's like you know, here we, we go into that room, we go into the bathtub, however that works where she has a baby and that baby's born. And now I have a new stranger and uh, a new stranger, a tiny new stranger. And my wife changes in that, mm-hmm. in, you know, in that instant. And uh, it's something that uh, again, I can't, I go through that postpartum with her, but I can't, I can't fix that either. All I can do is support. And that's, uh, that's real hard for guys. We want to be able to just, you know, like build something. Look, look, I built this and it's done, mm-hmm. you know, and you, that's not how that works. Uh, and so, yeah, it can be a, it could be a big change, big struggle. How do you support her in that time then? Or in any, you know, postpartum, but also like, I mean, it's still hard a year out. after mm-hmm. having a baby too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like we've kind of taken a call in the first three months of, of, of the baby being here like fourth trimester we just call it consider mm-hmm. like total pregnancy all the way through um yeah and so a lot of support comes from um it comes from just being being whatever like doing whatever i can to i don't want to say remove burden but allow her to rest as much as she needs um remember that like she's gonna basically think i have to take care of this i have to take care of the little and so as she's focusing on that you know, my wife will all of a sudden be like, I haven't eaten and that's not good, you know, cause right. then she's, she's giving too much. And we say it all the time. You can't, you know, you can't pour out of an empty cup, you know, right. in the planes, they tell you to put your mask on first and all that stuff is great thoughts, but in the midst that can be lost. And so my job is kind of to watch that and make sure, okay, we need to have you eating now or, okay, I'm going to take the little, and you need to sleep without being touched so you're not being woken up and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I, I'm a big advocate for guys taking the night watch um, as much as they can, uh, just for multiple reasons. But uh, mine was I used to go downstairs in the kitchen. So our bedroom's upstairs. I would go down in the kitchen. I just walk around in a circle and like I hum and I talk mm-hmm. or I, I'll read. Like I'll read. I, I remember reading The Spirit of the Disciplines to my uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's 16, mm. like she, she was in an incubator in the, in the, uh, she was a, not a preemie, but she had, like I said, she had a lot of stuff going on. I remember there's a, there's a picture of me somewhere leaning into the incubator, reading the spirit of the disciplines by Dallas Willard, which is Aww. way heavy spiritual stuff, but she doesn't care. I just wanted her to hear my voice, you know? Right. And so that's an opportunity when it's dead, quiet, 
everywhere. All your baby gets is, is you. And I think that's a great opportunity for dad. Who gave you like that example? That's so, like, who gave <laughs> you the example to do that for your kids and your wife? Because I, I don't know, not in like a mean way, but like, that's awesome that you, that, <laughs> that you do that. Yeah. So uh, this is, it's going to sound crazy, but um, I did, uh, I, I went through in college, I did um, a lot of work with missions. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I like really set in for me was that my, my professor um, was like, yeah, when you go into a country, the best move is to be picked up by nationals. Because when you go to a whole new place and you don't know the language, you know nothing about what's happening, you don't know anything, uh, you are going to naturally latch on to whoever shows you kindness or does something for you. You will, you will naturally do it. And they, he equated it to being a baby. He's like, babies will bond with the first person because everything is new. They just went through a traumatic experience. So mm-hmm. when you go into a different country, knowing that you're going to be there for a while and it's all a traumatic experience, you're going to do exactly what babies do. And I noticed that I lived outside of the country when my oldest was born. I lived in Costa Rica for a year. We studied language and all that. And I noticed that the people who picked me up from the airport are the people that I was closest connected to and who I reached out to when I needed something. Um, and, uh, or like if I didn't know something, they were the, they were my go-to. Mm-hmm. And so it really comes from that. So that when you're like, it just, I don't know, it clicked one more, one day yeah. with like babies coming. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I remember this. And so I just started doing that. I want them to bond with me. I would say that that was easier. It, it was not as easy with, with, my oldest Zeke in Costa Rica, but with my daughter, uh, when she was born in 2006, uh, she, they took her from us. We were at one hospital and they took her to children's hospital, which was a drive away. And my wife at the time, I was like, I know you're recovering, but you're here and you're fine. I I'm, she's not bonding with a nurse. And so I, I would go to work and then I would go and I would sit in with my daughter and that's why there's like, that's why, that's what started that process is all I wanted to do was make sure that when she, if she was bonding with anyone, it was me or her mom and her mom couldn't do it because she was uh, recovering from a C-section. And so I was in the hospital right at the incubator. Um, if I'd had the knowledge I have now, I'd have said, I'll stand by a window and hold her. And uh, I mean, most hospitals don't let you do that really, but mm-hmm. that's, I would have pushed for that instead yeah. of her just being under the incubator, but I would have done that and just had her closer to me. Yeah. But yeah, that's where that came from. I've never heard that before. So that's really cool <laughs> that you had that example and you took it into parenting yes. with you. It's so true too, that, that babies are, it, it's so true. That's so <laughs> I love that. Um, so how did you get started with, um, your videos on dads don't babysit um let's see so i honestly it was a health journey stuff i started sharing more about health um and gut health specifically Mm -hmm. and i am uh like uh, truth be told i know i'm a talker so that's just i mean that's been that way since i was little Mm -hmm. but if you were to type out the things i could say i would never read that post Right. I would go like if I go to like, <laughs> seriously, I would never read. I love reading, yeah. but I'm never yeah. if I scroll twice and I'm not at the end of a post, I am out. I'm not reading. it. Yeah, I know. Um, 
I'm the same way. It's terrible. <laughs> but there I know be. people have really good things to say on their posts. And yeah. I know it's like part of being on Instagram and all of that. But mm-hmm. like, I'm so with you. I get so bored. So I love the minute 30 videos. That we yeah, do. <laughs> same, same. And and then I realized with that, if you add that to YouTube, I would watch yeah. YouTube videos for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Like I'll watch Girl. a whole podcast on YouTube. And so I thought, well, yeah, I'll just do videos. So that became an option. They used to only be what, like 30 seconds or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really short. Yeah. I do look back on some of the things I did when I was just on Facebook sharing like just Nate Feather stuff. They were like four minutes and I'm going, what in the world was I doing? (laughs) What was I talking about? Yeah. Right. I'm like, dude, you, and my wife will say it all the time. She's like, you need to be more concise and stop talking as much as much as you do. (laughs) so then here we are with our one minute and 30 second videos yeah right and even those i will re i like i don't like to i don't like to cut the video i like to just yeah me either yeah yeah so you get this so i'll redo it like six different times 20 different times whatever it takes but um there'll be times where i'll do a whole video and i feel like it's so good and it's a minute and 35 and i'm like ah what do i gotta cut yeah (laughs) That's the worst. And you have something really important that you want to share. So yesterday I did that like four times because <laughs> I sent my, so we have, we live in the area where that escape convict was. Um, oh shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was like 30 minutes from my house. Oh my gosh. So I sent my son to school yesterday scared, but I had to tell him, which this is probably something that something good for us to talk about, but <laughs> Um, I like, so, you know, they do these intruder drills in public school Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of everything that's happened in schools. Um, well, so yesterday, like they canceled recess, everything was inside because of this guy, Mm -hmm. you know, I had my son, six years old, he's in first grade. And I had to tell him like recess is canceled. And he overheard us talking about the guy escape and that he's a bad guy and that he, you know, all the things he's smart kids listen oh yeah so i had to talk to him about it and so i said to him yesterday like you know if somebody comes in your school this is what you do and this is how like i was going through all these things with him and we got to school and he's like mommy i'm really scared and i Mm. said you just need to say a prayer and you know god will be with you and you're gonna be safe this guy was not wants nothing to do with your school you're gonna be safe mommy just wanted you to be prepared right so i'm like thinking you know it's it's total crap i have to send my kids right scared yeah and back to the video thing i recorded like seven videos about it that were all within like a minute and 30 seconds but i never posted it because i was just like is this too much for instagram because Uh, you know how they block like everything i just want my kids to be prepared like Mm. god forbid someone ever breaks into their school i don't want him sitting there crying like obviously it's scary but i don't want him sitting there not knowing what to do yeah i want him to be prepared and it's scary and it's scary for a six-year-old it's scary for someone in their 30s like it's Mm -hmm. just scary yeah yeah Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I totally agree with that. I, I, I hate that. But you're not wrong on that. And at least, I mean, at least I, like, I would tend to agree with you on the, if we don't, sh- if we share it, they're going to pick up on it anyway. So there's going to be stress right. and fear anyway. I might as well let them know, well, this is why it's a little scary and totally understand if it's, if you are scared, I'm a little scared. You know, you, I mean, that kind right. of thing. 
Yeah, just like comforting them. And my husband agreed. He was like, yeah, I understand why you, why you did that. It's just, it's a shame he has to be scared. And I was like, I know it sucks, but I, you know, I don't want my kids to be in that situation. I just can't even imagine being a little kid in that situation. Oh, yeah. No. You know, and then not knowing what to do and then freezing and then mm-hmm. having an opportunity to maybe be, maybe save yourself and you can't because you're just so scared. Yeah. Like, I just don't want that. I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can do. Yeah. But these conversations are hard and nobody prepares you for them. And they're hard. Yeah. And I don't want to, it's, and it's, it is crap. I have to worry about that, taking my kid to school and that he has to be scared. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had the, uh, the school shooting in Nashville and I'm, I mean, when it came through, so our, our boys go to a school that's basically considered Davidson County. And, mm-hmm. a, and, and that's where this, that's where the shooting happened too. But it, oh it, it was, it was a different school, same school profile. So it says, so my wife gets a little notification on her phone that says like news alert Christian, like Nashville Christian school on like under, like under ta- however it put it. But it was one of those things where she's opening it, like shaking, freaking out, which I totally, I mean, I'm there. I mean, I, I can feel it all over again. And, oh, I, yeah. and it's not like you're like, oh, good. It's not our school. But there is a little bit of that that happened. And mm-hmm. uh, so I tell you that to say this, like I have I have a friend who I did not know his kids go to that school. And then he posted about how they were and they were fine. But he posted about when they finally went back into it's also a, it's also a church. That's where they go to church. He they went in for church one day, uh, I think like three weeks later. And his kids are like showing him like I hid right here and I'm like dying inside thinking I cannot imagine the, the fear and all of that. And then like what you said, not knowing and freezing and all of that is just, it's like, there's so much there. And, and again, you're totally right. Total crap that that's even something that has to be done. (laughs) Like I am, I I sound, sometimes I sound crazy or feel like I sound crazy Mm -hmm. because I'm all for like, violent offenders having like extremely extremely uh i don't want to say violent but extremely decisive action taken against them because Mm -hmm. i'm like we should be able to say yeah there's a major deterrent for people going into schools to do that because they're they should be absolutely afraid to hurt kids and that's just my opinion but it's like holy cow i don't want to send my kids to school and be afraid of that or them be afraid of that that was like one of my big things with, I looked into homeschooling and that was like one of the big things that I was looking into it for because I was terrified of sending the kids to school. And then I'm like, I'm not going to let somebody scare me out of my kids having an experience. Right. Right. So yeah. I really think it's all like part of what I recorded on the video I recorded was like mental health. Mm. Like mm-hmm. mentally sane people don't hurt kids and it's don't do true. this. Yep. So like, how can we as parents help raise a generation of children that aren't anxious, that mm-hmm. aren't, you know, having these terrible thoughts that kids are having at eight, nine, 10 years old? Mm-hmm. Like, how can we, how can we do that? And that's, that starts with parenting and it doesn't matter. Like, I think you posted a video yesterday or today about like your, you being in your kid's head. Mm-hmm. like and if you want to be in your kid's head you can't start as a teenager you have to start younger yeah and I do think that that goes all back to parenting and 
making sure that like, regardless of what your kids are seeing, they know what's right and what's true and what's good. And that they're not making those terrible decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it's, it's, uh, I tell, I tell guys all the time. I'm, I'm like you, you, the things you say to your children, namely dads to boys, but it doesn't matter. But I, I really like focus on that. But like, the things you say to your children will be the things they say to themselves. It'll be their own voice, but it'll be what you've always said, which is also yeah. why I'm like, dads, hold their face and tell them how grateful you are. If you really are grateful for your kids, which most people, most parents are, like, right. look into their eyes and say to them, I am so glad you're here. Like, I tear up when I start saying it right now. I can see why it's, oh, yeah. I can see why it's face right now while I tell him that stuff. And I'm like, I'm so glad you came this way, that you you came to me and I get to be the one who is your parent. And I get to be the one who watches you grow and become whatever it is you become. And I'm telling you, like, I have gotten so many messages from that video of guys saying I started doing this. And it's mm-hmm. it's literally lighting my child up in a way I've never seen. And I'm like, that's why we do it. Because that yeah. whole mental health thing right there. You want to cut mental health out for the next generation? Like we've, we as like you said, it's it's our parents. We have got to, we've got to parent in a way that makes them feel safe, but then say the things that that they not that they need to hear that we feel inside. Like they always say, like dads, men don't talk, right? We don't share feelings. Like we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta get out of that. We gotta go. Okay, well, I don't normally do that because that's not how I'm wired. But everything about the relationships in my life require me to share those things. And my children need to know that. And I mean, that will, that will change a generation. That'll change that in a generation, I think. It, it really will. And, I, and normalizing that you're feeling those feelings and then your kid can recognize that they're feeling that too. And they can work through it instead of working around it or like pushing it under the rug it's, I think it's huge. Like, I think for boys, like I noticed with my son, he's six and he gets mad a lot and like Mm. angry and like a, not in like a, like when he gets mad, he get like, you can see it, see it all over him. And like, he wants to explode or like, I I just think boys are a little rougher, I guess. Absolutely. Like, (laughs) like, they're meant to be. Um, so like, I always say to my husband, like how you're, how you react to a situation. Like I can react in one way as a mom, but like, I just feel like the dad holds so much more like power over the family in that. However, the dad reacts or however the dad emotionally is like the family is reacting around that. Yeah. I would and agree like, with that. especially with your sons and like the example you're setting for them and the kids. And like, anytime my husband says something to the kids, they like listen and even if it's a compliment or whatever. And if I say it, it's like, oh, whatever. It's just mom. But like moms <laughs> say it all the time. And you're right? like, I am still this way with my dad. If my dad said something to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that must be so true. And I like feel so good now that you just gave me a compliment mm-hmm. because you know, dads don't talk and they don't say stuff very often. So it's to hear it come from your dad. I don't know why but it just means so much more oh yeah yeah no i i I feel that i I feel that i don't and statistically and i don't have all the stats in front of me but like when you look at fatherless homes Mm -hmm. like if you go to the prison like it's it's some astronomical number in prison where it's like 
95% of them are, come from fatherless homes. And it's like, okay, so that right there should tell us something. Right. And, and, when, and when you look at like suicide rates and anxiety rates, like all of those things, there's something about the father presence that like, I, I don't know how to say it without sounding like politically incorrect, but the mom, mom can't give it. Mom it. can't do it. You know, like, right. No, you're right. I mean, they, they feel comforted by mom. Right. But like, th- this is the stuff my kids think they, they've seen me lift in the gym. Like I make sure that they see that so that they, not so that they see me as like this guy who lifts, but more so, so that they see health as something that we, we put in our lives. That it's something mm-hmm. that's important. But that also makes my boys like my wife has said, I've heard the boys talk about you like you can like you could lift the house. They think that yeah. you can do oh, yeah. anything. So my kids say the same thing about my exactly. Husband. Yeah, daddy can't lift up the car, <laughs> but you can keep thinking he can. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but in those instances, when you think about that, like how much a little kid sees their dad that way, it's like dad can do yeah. anything. I'm always safe. There's just this veil of safety behind a father that that comes with just that dad masculine male part of life that when they don't have it, anxiety comes in, um, fear, all of those things start rolling in. And that's not a, that's, that's not a bad thing for moms. It's just a testament to how much dads need to be involved and be around and, and give like full bore attention to that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's really important. And it's, it, I, I noticed with my son, like, he'll be like, oh, daddy's big, strong muscles. Like, daddy uh-huh. can lift them up. He's big and strong. And where I'm like, we need to wait for daddy to get home to do this. And he's like, well, you can try. I'm like, no, no, mommy can't do that. Like, <laughs> mommy won't do that. And, like, even if my husband's not home for bedtime or something, he, my kids are always like, is daddy going to be home soon? Like, they just don't settle until he's here. Uh-huh. Yeah. And feel they feel, like, right, like you said, comforted by mom. But, like, they really feel protected. Yeah. I love that. I, I was going to say with that, and, and this came, this actually doesn't come from par- all of the stuff I've learned about parenting has come from somewhere else. So obviously like mission field taught me something else, like bonding, but right. um, the thing about the whole mental health and what starts me with, what started me with that, with my kids is actually one, I, I, in, I've, I've been in sales for since like 2008 mm-hmm. and one of the guys that I worked with and he used it all the time, but he would say, if you think it, say it. And it just makes you more honest as a sales guy so that people are like, oh, you know, and sometimes, I mean, he would say stuff off the wall that I was like, no way that's going to go over. And it'd be so honest that the person was like, I like you. And you're like, I would have hated you, but that's amazing. And so, uh, (laughs) so I started to just say that to my kids. I'm like, listen, if you feel it, say it, if you think it, say it. So one point I was at a restaurant with Amelia, she's my oldest daughter. And uh, she was little. She was like five or six. And she saw this girl. Uh, she had like blue hair, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's like, I love her hair. I said, go tell her. And so she Aww. walks over to the table and she's like, I wanted to tell you that I love your hair. I love the blue, like your blue hair. And it's like, you watch that, that girl's face like light up, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I pushed on Zeke a little bit one time. He was like 10 and he, we walk into this restaurant. I don't know why my stories are at restaurants, but um <laughs> She, you go like, out to eat a lot. Yeah, right. I mean, obviously, we go out to eat a lot or something. But he, we walk in, and he's like, "Dad, that the the girl at the front, the hostess. He's like, she's beautiful." And I was like, "Go tell her that." And he was hem and haw. And again, there's that whole he's a boy, she's a girl, and he was a little bit older, old enough to think like to be nervous about it. I'm like, "Tell mm-hmm. her, you'll make her day." 
that girl lit up so bright and people were like, oh, you know, like all that stuff. Aww. But all of that comes back to there's so much negative in the world that I started telling my kids, hey, if you think something positive, you just tell that person. I don't care. I mean, my, my kids will and I, I get teared up about this because it's one of those things where one, when I see a person that's like jogging down the side of the road that is out of shape. Like mm-hmm. I get emotional because mm-hmm. you're doing the work to make yourself better. Right. Yeah. So, and I'm a fit guy. So if you come into my gym and you are that way, I'm going to be, I'm going to be your best friend. Like, and I'll, yeah. I'll yell at you across the room, like, get it, man. Like that is, that is me. My kids have seen that to where they want me to roll down the windows in the Jeep to yell at people that are running on the side of the road to tell them to like, Aww. get it, buddy, get it. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, we might scare them because we're just driving by, but yeah. <laughs> but I if, think that's creating confidence in your kids too. Like be, having the confidence to tell people these positive things that most people don't say out loud. Yeah, absolutely. And the world is so full of negative things. Like we're all yeah. willing to say something negative. I mean, you just think customer right. service reps hear all the bad right. that, I, um, that, you know, nobody hardly ever calls in to say, hey, I wanted to tell you guys, you guys are doing an awesome job. So Yeah, no, that's true. Nobody ever does that. And <sighs> like you said, everything is so negative. It's so, it's good to spread that positive. Right. That positive. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of emotions. So I'm wondering how you like communicate with your wife emotions that you're feeling. Like, do you do that same say it? If you're feeling it, saying it, like, I think it's hard for, I don't know. I, I feel like as a wife, um, I don't really give my husband that much time to tell me how he's feeling about things. <laughs> I, really don't, I don't really know what kind of questions to ask him because I don't want him to feel like he has to feel anything at all. Like he's <laughs> feeling something. Yeah. I don't know. So I guess I'm just curious how you guys handle that. Yeah. Well, I, my wife would probably tell you that I don't, I don't, she says I talk a lot, but I don't communicate that stuff enough. Um, but I will say that um, I think guys specifically with our, our, our wives, we might say less if we feel like it's going to, if it's going to get us in trouble. I don't know how else yeah. to put it other than to say that. Right. So, yeah, no, that's a good point, though. <laughs> you could say, how are you feeling? I'm not going to – you're not – this is not a trick question. <laughs> yeah, right? So, like, so I'm happy to share that stuff, and I do. Like, there are times where she's like, why didn't you tell me that before? And I'm like, well, it's just uh, – like, a lot of times for me, I'll say, yeah. I go through it in my head, and I'll be like, okay, so um, I'm feeling this way, but is it that big of a deal? Or I'm feeling like she did this or she said that, but is it – like, is that how she said it? And I, I do have a kind of an internal dialogue that never stops. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that stuff, I will sometimes walk myself out of saying something because I'll be like, eh, no, it's not that big of a deal. It'll be all right. Like, it's not huge. And that, that frustrates her. But at the same time, I'll tell her, it's, I'll tell her at times, look, I can say this, but I already know the response I'm going to get too. And the response is not going to be positive. It's going to be you being upset at me. And then I get, then I start calculating, is it worth it to have that conversation or do I just get over it and be okay with it and not have to have more that we have to go through? Not right. always the best way to do that, but yeah. if here's what I would say. I don't, I don't know if your listeners are more women than what I would say to them is if your husband doesn't feel like he can share his feelings to you without you reacting to that, 
um, then you've got to create us like, I don't want to say a safe space. Cause we're not little like babies, but you've got to create a space where he can share that and you not respond or not react to what he's saying. Um, in a way, like, and I don't know how to put it other than you, yeah. the reaction that he gets also calculates whether or not he shares. Right. And so it like, that's for true. me, for me, there's times where I'm like, I'm like, that's it. We're into it. And we'll, I mean, we'll go, we'll, we'll have those conversations and we'll get after it. And there are times that I'm like, no, nope, not worth it. You know? And if, if you want more of those from the wife side of things, if you want more of those, then you're res- like, I would say respond and try to try to hold emotions as much as you can. And that's not easy for ladies. I'm sure I, no. I like, you know what I mean? Like it's not <laughs> something that people want to hear, but yeah. it is something where like, you know, uh, I think about guys and how we interact with each other, right? And so mm-hmm. when somebody blows up, most guys, if somebody blows up on you, like let's say, you know, a boss just goes to work on you and uh, he's probably going to sit there, take it, and then either be like, oh, I hate that guy or go back at him. Or he's mm-hmm. also going to go, no, nah, that was right. I totally deserved it. I screwed that up. And you know what? He had every right to do that. It's one of those kind of deals, but when you throw more emotion into it, that's where it can be. It can cause him to start to go. Mm, I don't know if I, I want to talk about that. Yeah. And you definitely want to be a safe spot for your husband to yeah. like, yeah. you don't want there to be any delays in communication or yeah. being able to be as you, as you can be. Right. As a right. partner. Yeah. Cause we don't, we don't like, the guys struggle with being like there's alpha male, there's beta male, apparently there's sigma. I don't know all that. All I know is that alpha male usually comes comes across as a total jerk, right? Like mm-hmm. to a level that he's going to say whatever he's going to say and he doesn't really care about other people's feelings. Um, that guy can come across as oppressive to his wife and kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the beta who just takes it all and never says anything. And, and that guy can look like or feel like he's always walked all over. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunate, too. Um, so there's got to be a, a, a place in the middle where you can basically go, I'm going to speak my mind and be okay with however emotionally this comes across. Um, but also, I don't want to take a bunch of crap constantly. So we need to be able to work through both of those. Oh my God. Sorry, I got my little one in here. She's asking for something. Aw. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's mad because mama's taking her out. I'm going to go get it for her. Yeah, can, go ahead. I, no, I can walk. I can walk and talk. But I, okay. I don't, there's really like, I, how do you, I, I sound like I don't know what to say, but at the same no, time, I'm like, it's, no, it's, that was it's good a, advice. That was it's a great fine advice. line. Yeah, safe it's a fine spot. line. <laughs> yeah. Be a safe place for your husband to like talk in front of. There's yeah. People, and then they, then they want to continue. Yeah. I've, I've, um, I've said to my wife, like, you're already, like, we all, we, we, we armor up. And some guys don't know how to take the armor off, right? We've, we've figured yeah. out, like, so we armor up. And I've looked at my wife and said, you're inside the armor. So when you start stabbing, like, you're causing way more damage than you think you are because I've taken the armor off with you. And right. so and so you kind of have to understand that look at – I would say look at your guy like that. He armors up to do everything he has to do. When he comes home, he needs to be able to take that armor off but not mm-hmm. also, also not get, feel like he's going to get stabbed. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. But like, so then what are the ways women stab their husbands? I, I would say, um, I, I mean, to me, it could be different. Like, I guess I feel like it would be different 
for a man and a woman and a man and a woman's perspective, I feel like that would be different. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, but I would, um, um, if, if you react to like, if you react to that, instead of being able to have a conversation, he'll be less likely to, he'll be less likely to share. Yeah. That's good advice though. Um, you shared a video the again the other day about dads not being a paycheck, not just being a paycheck. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Like, are some ways that as wives and moms we can like help our our spouses not feel like only a paycheck? Um, you know, like make them feel important and and like try and make them feel like you know I said earlier like I just realized my in the past year my husband is going through all of this with me and it's not you know only me yeah. going through things and I it's really easy to forget that mm. it's, it's easy to look pat like to not realize that as a mom with all the things on your shoulder, you don't realize all the things that are on your dad on the dad's shoulder too. True. And then like they, making them feel important and special. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, that's, that's not like, really talked about a lot. You're right. I was, I'm sitting here like, yeah, that's a great question. Cause a lot of times I'm thinking, Hey dad, don't forget that these are things that are also important in your life that one day you'll, you know, I just saw a reel where you guys said the top five things that people say when they're, like on their deathbed. And it was like, I wish I hadn't worked as much. I wish I'd have spent more time with my family. Things that I'm sitting there going, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to say those. I don't want to say those things. I want to work and, you know, uh, I want to make, I want to make money and take care of my family. But I also am looking to the end going, that will be, that's something that needs to be done on a daily basis, but it's not what, it's not what they're going to remember. So I don't have to, I don't have to like scare myself into only doing that. I need to right. like put the phone down and hang out with my kids or shut work off and be with my family. And, and that's, that's tough. And so a lot of times I say that, that kind of thing based on reminding dads that they're not a paycheck. Um, I think that the, like, we're, we're really simple. So <laughs> in the sense that <laughs> like when, when we are told, like basically, basically, I think I just commented on somebody's post that was like this. It was like, you know, great job, dads, for doing X, Y, and Z. And I just said, hey, thanks for saying this. When you say this to your husband, it makes us want to do it more. You know, yeah. uh, I, I'm trying to think of what comedian is. Um, I can't remember the comedian, but he says like something about how when you, when the guy takes out the trash, it, it like he's like, we're just like dogs. Like when you're like, you just took out the trash amazingly. Like you're so good at taking out the trash. <laughs> like we all of a sudden, like our tail starts wagging, like, well, I should take out the trash more, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's encouraging, encouraging those, like when you see him interact with his children, that's when you can be like, I love seeing you do that. Like, it makes me like, I feel so much like, so much more love and excitement for you when I watch that happen. It just, it does something to my heart, my soul, my body that like, I just want, I want you so much more when it's like that, when you do that. And guys will literally be like, I am going to do this all the time. I mean, it's just going to be what they'll do. I love that. That's good advice. <laughs> you know, that's really good advice. Yeah. So just like not, I, I don't think you got to like do anything other than when you see it, 
again when you see it say it just be like wow that yeah. was a, that's amazing like you just put her like it doesn't need to be fabricated but like because you're going to share the, your real feelings right you're going to be like oh my gosh i sat down here you read them stories and then you put them to bed when i came in and you had fallen asleep with them i just like looked at you and thought that's my husband and i'm crazy about him and he'll be like i will fall asleep with the kids every night i'll totally do that like but it, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to try that. <laughs> oh, I man. need that time right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's really good advice, though. Well, I think we're almost at an hour, so I feel like I've taken up more than enough of your time today, oh, and I really appreciate connecting with you and chatting. This was really fun. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It was a good time. We'll have to do it again sometime with my husband because he was very disappointed that I was <laughs> interview without him. <laughs> Definitely. Let's just plan it next time so he can do it. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck to you guys. All right. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mama, Mommy, Mom, Motherhood Unfiltered with Emily Parkins. Please take time to review and rate my podcast. I really appreciate that. That really helps me. And please share on your Instagram, Facebook, social media, anywhere that you feel called to share. I really appreciate it. I want to help as many women as I can in their motherhood journey. And the only way I can do that is by your help of helping to spread my episodes and my content to everybody. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next time.